This is Real Estate Rookie episode 301. Until recently, I quit my last job right around middle of January full time. And so this has been a, a new experience for the both of us, but it's been really exciting. I think when you immediately tell your spouse or your partner or your kids to do something, their immediate response is no. I don't know why. It's your friend tells you, absolutely, I want to go do that thing. Your spouse tells you it's, mm, I'm not sure about that. There's definitely got to be a catch. And so I think that's what spouses that are having trouble, I think, be patient and be very clear and concise as to why you're sharing the information and what you want out of it. And I think your your spouse kind of can understand a lot more. My name is Ashley Kerr, and I am here with Tony Robinson. And welcome to the Real Estate Rookie Podcast, where every week, twice a week, we bring you the inspiration, motivation, and stories you need to hear to kickstart your investing journey. And we're here, we're in person in yeah. Denver. And Ash, we don't get to do this enough. You know, we are physically we couldn't be physically further away from each other <laughs> when we're actually recording the the podcast because I'm in California, she's in New York. Yeah. And I mean, is there anything above New York? I don't know my geography. Canada. Yeah, just Canada, right? It's Canada that's <laughs> yeah. next, right? Yeah, we literally couldn't be further away from each other. So it's always cool we can get together in person. And we've got a really cool episode for you guys today. Um, you guys have met her husband, Tyler Madden, but uh, today we have Zosha Madden on the podcast. And, you know, I, I love the Maddens um, and I really enjoyed this conversation because not only was it about real estate investing, but it was also about all of the like tangential things that are so important to be successful mm -hmm. as a real estate investor. And we touch here a lot on partnerships. Uh, you know, they're obviously a married couple in their partnership, but how they're working on two businesses together. And uh, Tony and I recently wrote a book, Powered by Partnerships, which is coming out in August. And I feel like we should have Zosha write uh, a little yeah. expert <laughs> yeah. to the, the end of the book here about it, because a lot of the information she gave was so powerful on business partnerships and relationships with your business partner, whether they're your spouse or not. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I think some of the biggest takeaways for me was, you know, how to, um, you know, establish and maintain your role and what those responsibilities are and how to grow that, but also how to, you know, keep a good relationship with your partner that you're working with. Mm -hmm. And we, we spend a, a lot of time actually just talking about the concept of getting your spouse on board. Mm -hmm. That's a question that comes up all the time. We hear it all the time, see it all the time. And it was just a really, I don't know, it was just a really insightful conversation around what that actually means and and how to achieve that. So if you're listening to this podcast and you want your business partner, your spouse, whoever, girlfriend, boyfriend to quote unquote, get on board, this is a, a great episode for you. And, and Tony does a great job of explaining the three levels of getting on board mm -hmm. as to what those three levels are and what it means to get somebody on board in those three different levels. So excited for the conversation with Zosha. Uh, so this is the part of the podcast, or this is the part of the podcast where I usually read uh, a review from someone in the rookie audience. But since we were here in Denver, we thought what better thing to do than to have someone read a review live from the audience. So today we have Tyler Madden, who is on the spot and he's just going to make up a review. Uh, and then he will actually post that review once he's done on uh, on Apple Podcasts. You bet I will. Uh, <laughs> as, as far as this episode, I can't say that I could love any episode or any guest more than I loved this episode and this guest. Um, I'm amazed that I get to work with this person. Uh, I learned a lot about working with your spouse, uh, coming together on a common goal, being able to dream together with your spouse or your partner. Um, and I would hire this uh, guest in a heartbeat to work with me. Yeah. 
That's a great. I think it says there too how attractive all three were. (laughs) (laughs) Let me add that now. Usually we read the username. What is your uh, username? That's true. What's your username? Your Apple Podcast. Oh. No, we actually, we want your first email address. Give me your first email address. Ooh, my first name. email adre- address that I ever had, my MySpace address. Yeah. Uh, oh, wake Setters Rock. <laughs> Wait, yeah. That's actually not yeah, that bad. Probably at like Yahoo yeah. or, or Hotmail. AOL. 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 AOL.com. Yeah, my, my first email was nappykid19 <laughs> at yahoo.com. I think mine was like snowboardchick19. <laughs> nailed it. We nailed the screen name. Remember when you had to pay to get a Leeds phone number? It was like the dark ages. Until Deal Machine made skip tracing a thing of the past. Now, with your Deal Machine plan, you'll get unlimited access to phone numbers and contact information for no extra cost. That's right. Get high-quality, reliable information trusted by leading financial institutions, all fully compliant with the federal do-not-call list. Explore over 150 data points, including age, gender, marital status, occupation, and a ton more. Trust me, this is the data you need for off-market deals. With new filters, people flags, and color-coded phone numbers, lead management just got a ton easier. Ready to step up your investing game? Sign up for a Deal Machine plan today and gain immediate access to this unlimited treasure trove of contact information and phone numbers. Just head to dealmachine.com bp. Transform your lead generation and deal-making strategies with Deal Machine. Sign up today and start exploring the unlimited possibilities at dealmachine.com BP. Are current interest rates making you depressed about cash flow? What if it didn't have to be that way? Rent to Retirement has 2.99% seller financing available on turnkey properties. You heard that right. That's a seller financed 2.99% interest rate where the average cash flow is over $900 per month. They also have options where you can put as low as 5% down on multiple investment properties with no PMI. Rent to Retirement is the nation's leading turnkey investment company that understands what it takes to be successful in today's dynamic real estate market. Their reputation speaks for itself with more five-star reviews than any other company on the Bigger Pockets website. Rent to Retirement offers fully turnkey properties that are newly built or renovated, leased and managed, allowing you to invest with confidence in the markets that offer the best returns. To learn more, visit renttoretirement.com. That's rent to retirement.com or text REI to 33777. Again, text REI to 33777. This show is sponsored by Airbnb. Did you know that I turned one of my first homes into an Airbnb? It's true. And it even helped me get the extra income I needed to launch my real estate career. So if you want to try your hand at making even more income with your property, Airbnb is the place to be. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Zosha, welcome to the podcast. We are so happy to have you here. We've had your husband, Tyler Madden, on a couple of times, and uh, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Can you uh, let everyone know a little bit about yourself and kind of why you're here? Yeah, absolutely. So my name is Zosha Madden, and I work with my husband, Tyler, uh, at our construction company called Loreless. And until recently, actually, that was very recently, I, I quit my last job right around middle of January full time. And so this has been a, a new experience for the both of us, but it's been really exciting. And 
uh, you know, before that, I was in restaurants for over 15 years of uh, kind of high level executive teams there, and then went to BP for a minute. And uh, now I'm working with Tyler, so very excited. We invest in real estate here in Denver and Aurora. So we have a nice little investment egg here as well. And I'm a mom to a two year old. Life's crazy. <laughs> So just uh, set, set the table for us. Yeah. How uh, Tyler's already done this for folks that don't yeah. have the backstory. How many units are you guys up to, buildings, et cetera, here in uh, Denver? Yeah, absolutely. So we are currently at 12 rentals. We have 11 medium-term rentals of that. All of them. You guys are, have 11 now? We do have 11 now. 11. As of I didn't like, know that. Walmart's um, explaining my delivery times currently on my watch, I think. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. We just decided to turn a couple of them after I opened them up on Airbnb for mm. some long term people. And I got 10 requests in a day. And so I said, you know what? Let's just uh, furnish them. And the guys that are living there currently are willing to put together the furniture, which I felt was clutch. <laughs> so I'm like saving a little bit of time and energy there. But yeah, we're at 11. Um, our portfolio is just under $4 million with those four properties, which is really cool in Denver. We invest in a high, uh, it's a very... I don't know, it's an expensive market, but we do things the right way. You know, my husband spoke about on the last podcast is that we bought seven units all at once. I was nine months pregnant. We did the whole, that whole process was kind of crazy and we sacrificed a lot, but I think the ROI was huge on those deals, which led us into the most recent deal we just finished in January. That I know Rachel kind of mentioned she lived in one of the properties on the last episode. And then we're kind of looking for a new one. We're doing our first flip in Denver, which we've we've never done a flip before. We've always been buy and hold investors. And so this would be a lot of fun. It's uh, We are kind of going uh, really heavy with the design element on this one. And we think that it's going to turn out really well. Yeah, that, that's amazing. And congratulations Thanks. on your accomplishments. And I'm sure there's going to be a lot more to come. Yeah. But uh, let's kind of talk about you uh, transitioning from a W-2 to working directly for the construction company. And you guys do remodels. And we just had Rachel Richards on uh, episode 300, where she had hired you guys. And she was one of your first investor clients were usually gone and done high-end luxury remodels. So um, you guys, and we did some bonus content too, if anyone wants to, to check that out, where we actually interviewed Zosha and Rachel, where they tell all about that experience together. And you'll find out if they are friends or not, or if they hate each other. <laughs> but, um, that was a great tease, Ash. That was that was true. Good. That was true. I want to watch it now. Yeah. <laughs> there might have just been a fist fight on the parking yeah. lot and Rachel left, but you watch the bones in his content to find out. So tell us about kind of the mindset shift you had to go through of and you kind of did a, a this pre-show to us as to saying, like, okay, here you are on the the W2, and here's your husband building the business during the day and you're kind of going on these opposite paths and then at night coming back together to work on the business. Mm -hmm. So explain that transition that happened once now you both are working on the business. What is your day-to-day -day like? Yeah. So I think it's interesting because I think a lot of people have it in their head that I'm going to quit my W-2, right? I'm going to become financially free and quit my W-2. But it oftentimes it's not that easy. And it really is, it takes a lot of time and effort and energy and really ensuring you're on the same page with the spouse that you're trying to do that with. Some people could be doing a single, I get that. But for our journey, it was, I loved my W-2s always. I was um, very successful. I made a lot of money. I moved up the corporate ladders. And for me, it was consistency and it felt safe to always have that W-2. 
Now, it was also really important all those years for me to have that because it helped give us the leverage that we needed to buy some of our initial properties. I, I don't think that we could have done some of the properties that we did without having that consistent paycheck. But it came to a crossroads when, yeah, I think what happened was really happened when I became pregnant and we bought those seven units. And we sacrificed a lot at that time. Tyler was working late nights at the project. He was still swinging the hammer on those to make sure that the deals made sense. I was feeding the babe and fe- and and there until 10 p.m., waking up in the middle of the night while he was coming home. And so I think that people don't often think about all the sacrifices you have to make to be able to get to the point of being able to quit a W-2. I think one of the breaking points was we were continually doing that. We were we were veeing off and then sometimes we'd come back together and then we were veeing off again. And and what that was, it was not allowing us to live like a parallel life towards our goals and towards what we wanted as our future. And so what really was the changing point was we went up to Breckenridge and we took cash, but during his nap times, we set our intentions. We looked at where we wanted to be in 10 years, in five years. And we'd always had big goals, but they were kind of fluffy. You know, they were like, hey, we want to do big things. We want to we want to like take no over the world. Plan no or plan action. or action. And and then we said, okay, where are we really at financially right now? Where could we be if I quit my job and helped grow Loreless? Because at the time, it was just Tyler and our project manager. They were taking on just a few jobs here and there, um, really successfully. Like, by a few jobs, I mean, they're half a million dollar jobs. So you don't have to take on a lot of them with the business that we have. But um, it still felt like we were off. And at that moment, we set our sights on where we wanted to be in 10 years. Mm-hmm. And then we said, okay, how can we get there in five? And then we still thought, okay, I'm, I'm going to stay at a job for another year, year and a half, maybe two. And then we, you know, at a certain moment, we just said, no, our goals and where we can become and where we could go and what it would do for our relationship and where we are together and grow the business was more important than keeping that W-2. And we knew that our our finances were set because of our rental portfolio, which was helpful. But we also knew that what I was going to bring to the business would make up the dividends as well on the other side. So this um, trip to Breckenridge, yes, alignment meeting yes. per se, yes, this was a big change for you guys. Absolutely. What are three maybe questions rookies today could sit down with their significant other, their spouse, their business partner? Mm-hmm. Three questions they could sit down and ask each other that would like bring them to that same kind of impact for their life? What are three things you can think of? So it started, let me give a quick story. So it started with Tyler doing the 60-day challenge with you and Steve Rosenberg and doing these I am statements every morning. And so we had started doing these I am statements and they're affirmational morning statements. But what Tyler and I had done is a couple years ago, gone in separate rooms and created our I am statements separately. What we did in Breckenridge is we went line by line of where, like what were things that, I am affirming every day and what he was affirming every day. And we found that over 50% were almost exactly the same, but we didn't even know it. We didn't know that we were kind of moving towards the same day to day because we had, we always did that as our separate like mind time. So I think that figure out where you want to go and then really align with your spouse on let's go kind of line by line. And we have 20 I am statements, you know, I am passionate about my life or um, I am not held back by self-limiting beliefs, things like that, where it's reminding myself to get out of my own head sometimes. And then we have bigger team goals of I'm not trading my time for money. And 
things like that, where then all of a sudden we have the same ones every single day. So I think that's really important. I think asking yourselves, what does your perfect day look like in five years, which is really hard for a lot of people to answer. That is for me so hard. It's really hard. And Mine is still, my answer is still a little fluffy, but I think overall I have a really good understanding of what that looks like. And it's not, not working. Do you mind sharing it? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So I think, you know, in five years, our ideal time is we wake up on a beach. I know the place, I know how it feels. And I am with Tyler and Cash. We're able to check in that our businesses are working and businesses plural, but I get to enjoy my time and my energy where I want to spend my time and my energy. And again, it's not like I'm going to do this, this, and this every day, but I know it's it's an essence and it's a feeling that I like. And that's really what I'm working towards. And that's what we're working towards. I, I just want to share one thought because I struggle with the, with the day thing too. And I, I, I like to look at it more as like, what does my perfect week look like? Yeah. Because I feel like that gives you a little bit more flexibility. Absolutely. Yes. Because like I enjoy podcasting. Right. But would I, would I want to do this every day? No. Maybe not. Yeah. You know? But in a week. But it's absolutely. like, yeah, if I can yeah. squeeze this into to a Tuesday, right? Yeah. When we do this on Tuesdays. So if you're listening to this, you're like, man, I can't think about what my perfect day looks like. Zoom it out just a little bit and I say, what does my perfect week yeah. look like? That is super helpful. Yeah. I do, I do think sometimes we're scoped too far down yeah. to kind of think about bigger picture. And then I think um, number three is what would it take, what could you change today or this week that could get you closer to where you want to be in in five years? Mm -hmm. I think that sometimes it's those small changes, those small thought processes that we kind of put on the back burner and realize if you take action today on those items, it'll just compound. It'll make it a lot easier to get to where you want to be. That is such a great statement. Mm -hmm. So like ask yourself during that alignment meeting is what is one thing we each could be doing different each day to get closer to that goal. Yeah. Like, and that really like gets your you thinking and then maybe start thinking of a couple more things. Yeah. Like, these are actually three easy things I can do right. that right. are going to change my it's life like, dramatically. How do you eat an elephant? It's one bite yeah. at a time. Yeah. And you really, I mean, I think everybody talks about this, but so often we we think we need to take it down immediately. We need to quit our jobs now. We're, we're in such a a space of immediacy with the way that the world is right now that we think that everything happens really quickly. But Tony, you didn't, I mean, you've been doing this for a long time. Ashley, you've been doing this for a long time. Like mm -hmm. from what you started as property management to what you've built now is a huge difference from what you learned at your previous jobs to building the real estate to getting to where you are. And some people are like, oh, they're super successful. They did it overnight. And that's just what, with your goals, with where you are in your career, anything, it just, it takes time. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's, it's like a, we were all at uh, Brandon Turner's Better Life event and we saw yeah. Jay Papazan speak and, mm -hmm. and like I really enjoyed his presentation. Like I've read the book, The One yeah. Thing, but yeah, like great. hearing him kind of break it down in person, it, it even gave more power to Absolutely. the idea of what you said of like, here's my long-term goal, but what's the one thing I can do today, this week, et cetera, to kind of move towards that. Mm -hmm. um, a, a question that I get a lot too, because, you know, part of the reason why I feel like me, you and, and Tyler and my wife, Sarah, all get along is because yeah. we, we resonate with the fact that we're doing this as like married couples. Absolutely. And I know one of the questions I always get is, Tony, how did you get Sarah on board? Mm -hmm. um, what was the journey for you and Tyler? Like, was it always, hey, we're going to do this together? No. Or yeah, so w walk, <laughs> us, walk us through that journey. Like, how did yeah. you get from, I'm, I'm climbing the corporate ladder, I'm doing this yeah. thing, I'm really good at it, to, hey, I, I kind of like this idea, to right. I'm going to help a little bit, to, okay, cool, we're, we're doing this together. And it's not even in just investing, it's no. actually running a Running a business, business right, too. yeah. And that's kind of what we say too, we're running two businesses together. I really think that if you have a real estate portfolio, that's a business if you're doing it right, right? You have a PL, you understand where your expenses are, you need to have insurance, all, uh, LLCs, you're running a business. So we're running two businesses together, which is 
kind of insane when you think about it. And we have a child, like we like each other most days. And so I'm like, okay, this is why it's all working. But no, I think that it was a slow roll, which I think I've heard this, how you kind of did it with Sarah as Mm -hmm. well. And I, um, as with anything, I think when you immediately tell your spouse or your partner or your kids to do something, Mm -hmm. their immediate response is no. Mm -hmm. I don't know why. It's your friend tells you, absolutely, I want to go do that thing. Your spouse tells you it's, "Mm, I'm not sure about that. There's definitely got to be a catch. And so I think that that was my sentiment for a long time of this is too good to be true. I'm not really sure. Now, go back 10 years. I grew up in apartments. I've My parents, my mom, my mom was a single mom. My mom has never owned a house, so I was always in apartments. Mm -hmm. And so when Tyler goes, hey, let's get a house, I was kind of confused as to why. Like Mm -hmm. we had a great apartment. It was fine. Um, But that was a huge switch just in my my headspace then of buying a house and seeing what Tyler did of the sweat equity he put into that house and us getting roommates before house hacking was a term to pay for things and And then fast forward, I think when really when he realized that it was time for his mindset shift, I had done one maybe five years prior. I had always had to do leadership books with the job that I was in and Tyler wasn't ready then. And and understandably so when I was reading those, it was my mindset was towards my job that I was at at the current moment. And he didn't really understand how it impacted us as a whole. Mm -hmm. Now, when Tyler was ready to make that mindset shift, he kept on coming back to how it made an impact us as a whole, not just him being a general contractor or him in the real estate space, which I think is a huge difference when you realize that the information that you're bringing to your spouse can make a difference for your life as a as a whole. So I started seeing bits and pieces of that. Um, he joined a couple of masterminds and a couple of challenges. I would see how much effort and work he was putting into that, which inherently was a lot more than I had seen him put into anything outside of work previously. Like he's uh, somebody that doesn't take on hobbies or get really focused on something. And so I was really impressed with seeing all of that. And then I think once he got into listening to the podcast, I think he really started listening to the Rookie podcast. I think after you were on the Steve thing, uh, to the OG podcast and just some other books. And Slowly, he would just send me video recordings of him driving in the car, but like just his phone up to the the recording of just snippets. Uh, and he would just text me the snippets. I'm like, mm. oh, that's interesting. And then all of a sudden, I'm listening to the podcast on my own. And mm. so I think it was slowly, uh, okay, how do we do this? And then- And a planting the seeds. Definitely planting the yeah. seeds. It was like, um, not, th- so what's the opposite of a bamboo? Bamboos grow really fast. It was whatever the slowest growing seed there is, is, was me. <laughs> uh, and then it was once we kind of were relatively spontaneous people. I think you guys know this about us. We're we're pretty spontaneous. So there was just a certain moment that it switched. And all of a sudden, it's like we were in Maui. I was 33 weeks pregnant. We were on our baby moon. A realtor calls us with this deal. And we said, go walk it. And we're on this beach and walking them. They're walking the property here in Denver. It's snowing in Denver. And we're like, let's do it. How do we figure this out? And we just, and then all of a sudden another deal came our way in two weeks and we're like, well, that's a million dollars in real estate in a, in two weeks. And we just, I think had 
luckily, Tyler had enough foundational information and we had been analyzing it on our deals. This is not like a, hey, just randomly go and buy a million dollars in real estate. Do a lot of research, take your time, understand what you're doing. But we had all that information. And so we felt really comfortable finally doing it. And I think that it was a partnership and us going in on those. I think it couldn't have been any other way considering I was so pregnant mm-hmm. and we knew what the work was going to be to take that. So I think, yeah, it was a, definitely a slow, inspirational kind of just planting the seeds. And then all of a sudden, when we were ready, we were ready. And I think you guys feel that because mm-hmm. when you were ready, then all of a sudden the rocket ship happened, yeah. right? You guys exploded. And so I think that that's what spouses that are having trouble, I think, be patient and be very clear and concise as to why you're sharing the information and what you want out of it. And I think your your spouse kind of can understand a lot more. You, you said so many, so many good things in there, Zosha, but like a, a couple of things I want to point out. First, you said that you you saw how serious Tyler was mm-hmm. taking this. Yeah. Right. He joined masterminds and challenges. Um, and I, I think when you see your spouse investing a lot of time and energy into something, you as the other person can hopefully recognize that this is something that that's serious. But I, I think that only works if there's a certain level of trust between the spouses, totally. right? Because if Tyler was the type of guy who had a different idea every other night and half-assed everything that he did, mm-hmm. when he came into this like real estate kick, it would just be like the latest flavor of the week. Absolutely. But because you you that that level of trust was there for you to to know that okay, if Tyler's really focusing on something, then, then this is something that's serious. Absolutely. So I think that's the the first layer. Mm-hmm. And I, I think what a lot of spouses who are trying to get their spouse on board, what they struggle with is, is the pace at which the other spouse wants to move. Mm-hmm. And they're like, I'm reading all these books. I'm going to these events. Like, I need you here with me right now. Ready. Right. Yeah. And it doesn't always work that way. Mm-hmm. And I think the way that you talked about it was like, hey, let me just send you this one clip. I'm not going to send you a whole podcast. No. <laughs> 15 seconds. Yeah, exactly. Right. And that's a great way to ease into it. So, you know, every spouse kind of moves moves at their own pace. But the last thing I'll say on this, and and I'd like to talk about this because the question comes up so often. Mm -hmm. The last thing I'll say, though, is that people also need to understand that, you know, just because Tony and Sarah or Tyler and Zosha are business partners and they're doing it together, that doesn't necessarily mean that that's what you and your spouse are going to be. And there are levels, right? It's like you could have level one where your spouse is opposed. Yeah. And they're like, I don't care what you say. I don't care what you do. We are not investing in real estate. Mm-hmm. That That's the first level. The second level is, hey, I see this is important to you. I'm going to be supportive, but I'm, I'm going to stay over here mm-hmm. and I'm going to do my thing. And then level three is, okay, let's do it together. Mm-hmm. And so many people, they, they think that getting their spouse on board only means level three, when really it could just mean level two. Your spouse is there. They're going to support you. They're going to encourage you. But maybe they like what they're doing in their day job. And maybe they want that for themselves. Absolutely. And I think that's a good point. And what we've realized is that exercise that we did in Breckenridge, going back to that mastermind of alignment, that doesn't have to be that you're going to work together. That alignment doesn't have to say we're working together. That should be what you do with your spouse if you're on level one or level two, Mm -hmm. because I think that being on the same page and living life together and still enjoying the day-to-day, whether or not you want to do the same things, not everybody is meant to do the same things. And that's Mm -hmm. totally great. It works for Tyler and I, it works for you and Sarah, but I do like what you're saying, but I do think that getting alignment or at least where do you want to live your day on the day to day, your week to week, your month to month, your year to year, and understanding that when you come back together, when you retire, whatever that looks like, 
will you still know who each other are? Mm-hmm. Have you been going on this journey together? Mm-hmm. Have you really been aware of what you want and how you want to get there, whether or not it's together or separate? But if you've decided to make that commitment and you want to stick in that commitment, then how are you going to live that? And mm-hmm. what in what lanes are you going to live that in? Yeah, So good. Whether you need to buy or sell or you're just obsessed with looking at homes for sale, Redfin's got you covered. Redfin updates their listings every two minutes to help you see new homes first. And they give you personalized recommendations based on the homes you like so you can find the home that's just right for you, whether that's a cabin, a craftsman, or a castle. With the top-rated Redfin app, you can favorite homes, share listings with others, and schedule tours, even the same day, with a local Redfin agent who can help guide you through the whole home buying process. And if you're looking to sell, Redfin agents have the experience to help get you the best price possible for your home. That's because they sell twice as many homes as other agents. With a listing fee as low as 1%, Redfin's fees are half of what others often charge, which means you'll have more money to put towards what matters most to you, like your next home. In fact, last year, Redfin saved home sellers $127 million. No matter where you are in your real estate journey, Redfin can help. Download the Redfin app to get started today. When Bigger Pockets started podcasting, no one thought we needed a store, but then books, so many books, best selling books, rookie books, partnership books. We needed the best real estate bookstore ever, so we chose Shopify. <coughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business, from the launch stage to the first order stage to the did we just sell out the whole store stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling real estate books or retro clothing, Shopify's platform helps you sell everywhere, online or in person. Now, speaking of online, did you know Shopify has the internet's best converting checkout, up to 36% better than other leading commerce platforms? And no matter how big you grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control of your business. And that's why we chose Shopify for the Bigger Pockets bookstore. So sign up for a $1 per month trial at shopify.com slash bprookie, all lowercase. Again, go to shopify.com slash bprookie now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash bprookie. All right. I just, sorry. I took on a, on a tangent there, but I thought- Yeah, I was- no, I think that's a, a really great one. It's a good one because that is such a common question mm-hmm. that we get asked. And I am sure, especially you, yeah. um, but it, in, even in my own situation where I was on level two, mm-hmm. I was investing, my husband had no interest and you know, it, it ended up taking us different paths leading mm-hmm. to our separation. But I think that- um, that's definitely something really important to talk about in the beginning as to how you are aligned and having those alignment meetings. Like <laughs> Zosha said, is like, okay, when you get to the point where like you have the, the you know, you're retired, like your empty nesters, the kids are gone. Like, mm-hmm. do you still like each other? Do you still want to do the same things every day? Mm-hmm. You don't have your jobs now that you love. And it got to the point where we both loved the separate businesses mm-hmm. and I was building my business so that he didn't have to do his business. Like that was my whole reason for starting it was so that, you know, he didn't have to do the farm every day. And so and it's like, well, actually I want to keep doing the farm every day. And that's where it's like, well, we can't do anything together now that we both want, we want these different ends and it's worked Mm -hmm. out fine. Like everything is great and stuff, but um, having those meetings and like understanding along the lines where you're both going is I was working for a completely different end goal than Mm -hmm. what actually, you know, he wanted. So I I think that having that clarity 
from the very beginning is so big. But I think that's just like the hard part about like marriage in general. Yeah. Is that like, as you, like who I am today at 32 is very different than who I was at 25. Yeah. Very, very different than who I was Mm -hmm. at 20. And it's like, I think I feel so fortunate that as I've gone through these different phases, Sarah and I have kind of gone through, like we've been pointed in the same direction, but it's like, who knows? Maybe at at 45, we're going to be totally different people. My hope is that we're still kind of growing in that same direction. But I mean, like you never know, like people change over the decades, you know? I mean, I know Tyler as the 17-year-old driving a 1984 Chevy Blazer (laughs) with sepulchers in the back of his car to the the person who was like fighting for a career and to becoming a GC to becoming an amazing father. And we've seen that evolution of who we are. And definitely like, who we are at 17 is totally different than who we are when we really, really started actively like we are going to make a future together in like 2009 or so. But we've known each other for over half our lives now, which is kind of crazy. And that's same with you and Sarah, where the fact that we've been able to do this, and there's days where we have hiccups, like don't get me wrong, like it's not all sunshine and butterflies every single day. Like there are times where we have to work on what we're doing, but we have decided to work on it. And then we work on the business. There's days where I'm like, I don't like that business decision. Or he's like, I don't like that business decision. We have to work through that now because it's not just like a dinner. It's so hard, like (laughs) it's not just dinner, you know? That personal line and the work relationship together yeah so like you know how do you not let the the work conflict with totally. the personal it's about it's about well let, let's talk a little bit Zosha, now about what today looks like yeah so absolutely. you yeah. you've left the w2 world um and and now you're you're full time mm-hmm. here both in the real estate business and the construction business yep. so what what is I guess two questions. What is your role mm-hmm. first? And then how did you decide between you and Tyler that that would be your role? Yeah. Something that we've always known is that Tyler is a visionary. He is very good at big picture, very good at big goals. And I don't know if it was my upbringing or, or what, but I am a here and now black and white relative pessimist. So <laughs> what that usually- I can't like get past this week. It's like, here's what I need to do right now. Yeah. For the business. yeah. yeah. That's exactly- not like, I, like, I don't know. Yeah. And so like us doing that, the like vision goal setting was like real hard for me. Still, it's like fluffy in the background. But um, yeah, so I have always been the one that's, like, okay, what bills are due now? What? How do we make an impact now? And from my my last job, um, right before BP, I had this phenomenal COO. I had looked up to him for many, many years, and he was just really good at what he did, and he helped those day-to-day operations. He mm-hmm. helps employee management, made sure that contracts were good, made sure that nothing was really falling through the cracks and was the direct liaison to the CEO. And so originally, I was just going to maybe be, and of course, titles are titles. At the end of the day, we titled myself the COO. I'm in operations, really. I just am and supporting the growth of the business. And so what I do day to day now is ensure that the system has been kind of brought up financially to ensure that we understand where all of our money is, forecasting where all of our money is going. Um, we can bring up the the fractional CFO in a minute. But well, let me ask yeah. you something there with the, the growth of the money. So is that looking at the total picture of like, okay, here's how our business is doing financially, but also here's the money we pull out of the business to pay ourselves. Here's where our personal spending investments, things are too. Is that 
Yeah, the so, whole realm of that. Yep. So I run basically both businesses. So our real estate business mm-hmm. and our PL and numbers that way, and making sure that hey, payments are coming through. We do everything through Airbnb. It mm-hmm. just makes my life mm-hmm. a whole lot easier. So I just see payments coming through, you know, automatic payments going out, mm-hmm. and then we have the the net profits at the bottom of of all of that. Um, and then we have our PL for the business where we have all of our you know, salaries, all of our information. Um, and really it's like controllable costs, non-controllables, things like that. And then our number at the bottom. We have an amazing CPA who has talked us out of both getting full up bone salaries from our company. Mm-hmm. So we do more distributions. And so, yeah, so it's, it's kind of understanding all of the ways that both um, tax-wise, personal living-wise, how we're going to live from both the real estate business to the business business um, on ourselves. And really, right now, we're taking like very minimal salaries from the business because we are in this growth mode and we have the ability to do it. Some people would say that's a bad deal, like you need to bet on yourselves and pay yourselves more. But we really want to keep the business making money mm-hmm. for now. And then if if I'm if my forecast is correct, we'll be able to take a, a nice bonus at the end of the year, yeah. or we'll just reinvest it into itself. Like I'm just I'm not trying to bleed the business right yeah. now, and that's what is our main focus. So Sean, I'm so glad you brought that up, and I want to pause on that for a second because it's like in in the traditional world of business, that's what most owners do, mm-hmm. right? But in the world of real estate investing, you know, it, it seems weird that you're not taking all of your cash flow from your business immediately yeah. but like you, know, you you look at startup founders mm-hmm. they almost never pay themselves anything yeah right mm-hmm. and they're taking every single possible penny that they can and dumping it back into the business because they know that if i sacrifice a little bit today yes. and i continue to do that for an extended period of time now the business starts to become this kind of you know self-fulfilling thing where it's it's growing and there's there's this momentum Absolutely. and it grows beyond what it ever would have had you start taking a bigger salary initially mm-hmm. so we do the same thing. We take a very small amount mm-hmm. out of our real estate business, yeah. even our media companies, yeah. a very small amount, and we reinvest as much as we can. Like my, like I get sick sometimes thinking about how much I pay in payroll. It's like other our people, payroll. you know, <laughs> payroll, payroll taxes, workman comp insurance. I mean, our yeah. workman comp insurance this year alone was like thirteen thousand dollars just for the year of working for three employees. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. Like, yeah, we talked in, about that before. In my experience, mine was actually very different. Yeah. When I started real estate investing, I bled that rental income and I used it to pay off all of my debt. Oh, which is so great. my student loans, mm-hmm. my vehicles, mm-hmm. farm equipment. And then after that, I barely yeah. touched it since. But see, even then, but you had it it was there was a you purpose. Right, right. right? right. Just, yeah. yeah. But still it was like I didn't it was very I wouldn't recommend doing that because I didn't I didn't really have a ton of reserves starting out because I was literally taking every dollar I had. You know, I had my Dave Ramsey snowball effect forward <laughs> as like, here's here's how much I can add to, yeah. you know, from each property each time. But I might have bled it a little bit too much. But, but now um, it's paid off. And I think that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Which is great. Yeah. So okay, so sorry. Back to the back to your role. So I became where we left. Sorry, I took us on the. <laughs> no, so I'm really working on operations the day to day. Working with our project manager and our superintendent almost daily. We've implemented a couple of platforms that really help us stay organized. Well, let me ask you a question yeah. on that. As far as okay, so the the guys are construction mm-hmm. guys. Okay, hands on. How has it been getting them to implement different soft systems processes? software is like that's Great something question. that i am like for the property <laughs> management company getting vendors right um, like it, it, an appliance store it's a yes. mom and pop appliance store 
And it's like, we have the software, we'll just email you. We have a work order, here's what we need. You call the tenant directly. They're like, no, 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 no. We just want Daryl to call us. Like, just yeah. have him call us. And it's just like, oh, okay. Please use my but system. Like, how has yeah. that been like, yeah. you know, for your team implementing the software and getting them to take, here you go, you gotta take photos and yeah. all this stuff. It is a work in progress. Yeah. I think that it is, we just had a call yesterday actually with our team of by, by next, our next level 10 on Tuesday, each of them has Explain to- Explain real quick what a level oh, yeah. 10 is. Level 10 is just our business meeting we run. We're trying to, I'm probably not 100%, but running the entrepreneurial operating system for our business where we set rocks. And then we have our level 10 meetings, which is just kind of an overview of where our business is at in the current moment. But we have it every single Tuesday at 10 a.m. Mm-hmm. to talk through good news, where we're at with our projects, our our quarterly rocks, and then um, identify issues, identify and solve. So we um, are really working towards keeping that consistency because it just keeps mm-hmm. us all on the same level yeah. playing field. But on that call, we realized that, hey, there's been some lapses in some systems where I've implemented them. And that's kind of the same thing as the spouse giving advice. Sometimes it needs to be people's ideas Mm -hmm. in order to really get full Mm buy-in. But sometimes some employees just don't think that way, which Mm -hmm. is fine. So it's how do you make things almost their idea and hand them something that feels like their idea, Mm -hmm. but then they feel more apt to to right. respond and take it on. Uh, Instead of it being like, here's more work. We're more work do. that I have yeah. to do or anything. So we're trying to make things easier for them. And and right. I think almost letting them listen to how much Rachel loved the daily logs. Yeah. And because we're getting daily logs maybe every other day or every third day instead of, you know, the term daily. Yeah. And again, we're working such small projects, but we want to we want to scale this business. We yeah. want to do we're a seven-figure business right now, but we want to continue to grow that. We want to double or triple our income every single year. And the only way we're going to do that successfully is to have great systems and processes. Yeah. And like if very you clear slide now, is it's like, going okay, to every third day, then it's like you're scaling, you're growing. And it's like, it's hard to go back and say, yes. no, we do this every day. Like, And as the business owner, it's very easy to let right that slide because it's like, it's not a huge it's deal a now. Huge like deal. I don't want to. I don't want confrontation. <laughs> like, and that's the conversation that we continually have with them: is, mm-hmm. hey, this isn't about today or tomorrow. This is about next year or when you get an employee underneath you. It's how are we going to train this or coach yeah, this or teach yeah. this? And I think that's the nice thing about my background was in people training, development, and and implementing systems. So it's helped. And I think one thing that our team is bringing to our next meeting are three ways that would like three things that they could change tomorrow Mm -hmm. that would make their jobs easier. And whether or not I'm going to be able to say, yep, no more X, Y, and Z because you think it's going to make your job easier, but I can at least understand where they're coming from and what are the roadblocks or what do they think is going to make their lives easier. And so that way we can try and implement something that they're more bought into. Now we have such a great idea is asking that question. Yeah, I think it's just important to get your team's insight. Now, there's different ways to lead a team, right? There's different ways to lead it that, hey, you can be just a dictatorship and tell people what to do. You can be a little bit more easygoing on the backside and just say, hey, we're just kind of running a business. But we have very distinct goals for this business and we don't want to take any chances right now on taking 10 steps back from what 
we've created in like the here and now. So I think it is about creating those systems and getting those things going, which is a big part of my job going back to the question. Yeah. I just, <laughs> let me share two things, Ash, because we, we've struggled a little bit with like adoption and like system technologies, et cetera. And I can give two examples of different ways we did it. So in our cleaning company in Joshua Tree, we instituted new software. And as part of that software, very similar, um, cleaners had to take photos uh, like a, a lot of photos, it's a lot of photos, right? Like of the pantry showing that it's clean of the when fridge. When she was talking about that, that is the exact thing I was thinking of. Yes. Cause I was like, there's no way my cleaners would do that. Yeah. yeah. And that's where it goes back to but implementing. Told, well, here, here's how we kind of set it up. So first we educated them. We said, Airbnb has changed the standards for what a, a five-star clean looks like. And we literally showed them the screens inside of Airbnb yeah. where Super if you get helpful. four stars, it's very clean. And now to get five stars, you have to be extremely clean. So like they understand that like the bar has been raised. We changed their payment structure so they get bonuses if they hit five stars. So now they're incentivized to make sure that they're they're doing a better job. And there's also a penalty. So if they get multiple um, bad reviews, they're docked pay. Mm -hmm. So now there's this financial incentive. Mm -hmm. And then we also tell them like, hey guys, the other reason that we have the photos is because sometimes guests do lie. They'll check into a property yeah. and they'll just kind of say things, try and get a discount. And now we can say, look, if we have a photo, time-stamped photo daily of what the property looked like before the guest checks in, now we have proof to say that it wasn't on you as a cleaner. And this literally just happened yesterday. I got a message from one of my VAs that said, a guest checked in and said, hey, the the, the hot tub's dirty. And the message kind of came later in the day. So there's a chance they could have used it, right? Mm -hmm. So my VA brought up the photo sparkling clean hot tub before the guests got there, yeah. right? So now we know it wasn't because yeah. our cleaners did something wrong. It was something with the guests. So that was one example. There was a financial incentive. There so was, how did you handle that? Did you go with the customers always right and do something or? We, we're, we're, hey, we'll send them the photo. We'll say, oh my gosh, it's so strange. Here's what it looked like before you checked in. We're not really sure what could have happened. Yeah. Like, is it possible someone could have used it? I don't know what their response was, but that's yeah. usually how, how we yeah. respond to something like that. That's great. And then the other thing that we did, and this is actually for our coaching program. So we have sales reps in our coaching company mm -hmm. and like we have software that we need to use inside of there just to make sure like we're tracking everything. Mm -hmm. And our sales reps, when they when they have calls with potential students, they're supposed to mark the call. Did this person actually show up? If they show up, did they join or, the, or did they not join? Mm -hmm. Because we can't tell like, yeah. you know, are we doing a good job if we can't track those things? Right, yeah. And our sales reps are doing a really bad job of, of doing that, right? Um, so we made a change to where if you close a, a sale, right? If someone joins a pro the program during your coaching call, but it's not marked in the system, you're not gonna get paid for it. Oh. The system is a single source of truth. So if yeah. you send an invoice and we pull up the system and it's not in there, then it doesn't exist. 100% yeah. compliance yeah. as soon as that happens, yeah. right? <laughs> so it's like, you gotta find different ways I yeah. think, to motivate yeah. people to get them yeah. on board. I think it's so important to start with why, with anything that you do. It's mm. if you explain why that you're doing something, and I think that that's really what we've done as a business. It's saying, hey, why do we need a COO? Mm. Why do we need to bring up a fractional CFO? Yeah. Why do we need to hire Amanda Hahn as a CPA? Mm -hmm. Why do we need to have all of these things and understand the why down the road? And I think it really helps get people a little bit more bought in if they get bought in and want to grow with the team. And that's mm -hmm. really what Tyler and I are trying to build an empire here. I think mm -hmm. so are you and mm -hmm. so are you. And I think that that's what we're doing is like, we're not just going to be burr investors forever. We're going to be, hey, we're going to be people who run businesses. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's really where the value lies in, in creating systems. Can we talk a little bit about the fractional CFO? Yeah. What is that? Yeah. What is the benefit? Like just walk through what that is. Yeah. It's funny, actually, I hadn't heard about fractional executives mm -hmm. until I worked at Bigger Pockets, mm -hmm. and they had a couple of fractional 
execs. And really what it is, is when a company of a certain size might not have the money or resources or need to bring on somebody in certain roles full time. So Mm -hmm. something that Tyler and I have done is we've built out an organizational chart for where we are currently, where we need to be probably in about a year, and then future tense, what do we need and where are we going to be big picture? Big picture, we'll have all this in-house, right? We'll have uh, a CFO, we'll have somebody that does um, technology, we'll have someone does marketing, things like that. But for the fact that we are a four-person mighty team with subcontractors, it didn't make sense for us uh, financially to bring on a financial person. (laughs) So we actually found somebody in the network that ran a construction company that highly recommended their fractional CFO. And what that is, is we pay him a monthly fee. I meet with him weekly, if not bi-weekly, if if there's something else coming up. He's also able to meet with our team about accounting processes or things that are going on. And he really challenged me to understand the finances more than I ever had. Luckily, with my experience in restaurants, I had a really good understanding of a profit and loss statement. Um, I always knew about those because in restaurants, it's, that's everything is on the bottom line and that's how you make all your money. And luckily, with our rental portfolio, I'd been really good at tracking numbers and everything, but not really for Tyler's business. And Tyler really, the way he ran his business previously, which was not wrong, but it was, hey, I have multiple bank accounts for each job. I'm going to run it through. Anything that's left over, I get. And this is great. And that worked really well when it was just him. Mm -hmm. Once we started having more overhead, more payroll, insurances, automobile costs, paying for other things, it just started getting a little messy. Mm -hmm. And so what this fractional CFO does is really just encourages me to understand, to forecast numbers, make sure that we're staying budget versus actual. We do, you know, reports and reevaluation every at the end of every month to understand where were we over, where were we under. Mm Um, why were we missing $42,000 this month? Oh, it's because we got, we had to pause because of cabinets, which means that that money is now going to get allocated to June, which means we're going to have a heavier month, which means that, hey, maybe we can take on an, ex- an extra job or not, or put more money into a different part of the business that we've been holding off on, like marketing. Mm-hmm. And so it just really allows us to see bigger picture on it. And he's just a business coach. He's done a lot. So I highly recommend that on things that you're not 100% uh, comfortable with or 100% knowledgeable, hire somebody that is. And same thing with the CPA. At the end of the day, Amanda Hahn's amazing, and she wrote two amazing books for Bigger Pockets, but... I don't have time to read those and actually become an accountant and implement them, you know, whereas us hiring her, we're able to call her and say, hey, we're about to buy a house. Is that cool or not? You know, or (laughs) what should we think about? Or for the business wise, hey, what should we be paying ourselves? Oh, well, you want to worry about your payroll taxes. Don't pay extra those pay. Get it through distributions. And I'm not a legal advice. This is no legal advice. (laughs) But that's just what she told us to do. And I think that. Um, educating myself with great people around, I think that I'll keep them on. Mm-hmm. It, you know, there's some people that say, "Hey, use these use these mentors or use these fractional people that you hire for a little while, and then learn it yourself." But I don't have time for that, yeah. so I'm going to keep them on until we get to a place in the business where we could hire on full time. Mm-hmm. I, I love that, and you know, like when you invest in in smart advisors, mm-hmm. they're worth. 10x what you pay them. Oh, absolutely. Like you hire a good CPA, they're going to make you 10, 20x what you pay them. Totally. And I knew that with Amanda. And it's funny because I actually talked, we talked about this before, yeah. but I talked to your fractional CFO. Yeah. And I just, 
I I didn't want to commit to paying someone else yeah. for like another service. Mm-hmm. But like looking back and like saying it, saying it out loud, it's like I'm I know I'm doing myself a disservice yeah. because every time I've done that, they've earned more back than what I'm what I'm spending to retain yeah. their services. So yeah, you guys learned something from me today. Also, yeah. I got I got lessons to learn. <laughs> I love it. Well, uh, let's go into our rookie exam. Okay. So our first question is, what is one actionable item that a rookie listener should do today? I think after what we were just talking about is, you know, figure out what you are good at and figure out what you're not good at or what you don't want to learn and go either to your network hire an advisor, hire a coach, hire somebody fractional. I think that oftentimes it feels scary in the beginning to spend money to make money, but that is definitely an old saying and it's a saying for a reason. I think that you need to spend money to make money oftentimes and finding the right person that you can add into your life will make a huge difference on the growth and trajectory of your business, real estate, or an outside business as well. Yeah, I love that. Um, question number two, what's one software app system or tool that you use in your business? Google. Google, Google Drive. Like <laughs> Google Drive is my savior. Mm. I love Google Drive. I think that it's so easy to organize. Like we have a a big hub for all of our information. We upload all of our, you know, we have per project, we have invoices, we have specs, we have like everything that we need in there. And I think it integrates really nicely with Slack. And so anytime I create anything, it just kind of goes back and forth. So we have found, I was going to say job tread, but that's really construction-based, so it, it doesn't really affect a lot of people. But I think if you use Google Drive the right way, it's just it can be really transformative with a business. Are you using uh, Monday at all? Or like, are you using any kind of pro- pro- project management? So we're kind of using Asana. Okay. So I think one thing with back to your question about kind of adding on too much and, and systems and processes, I've used Asana in my past. I loved it. And it was almost too much for this team all at once. So we needed to get back to kind of the basics of let's just get things organized Mm -hmm. and then send out reminders via just emails uh, or not emails, but um, on your calendar. And I think slowly we will get back to Asana because I think it is important. But a lot of our project management happens through job tread. So I think that it was... We need it for the internal components of our business, but not necessarily for jobs. And right now we're so focused on jobs Mm -hmm. that the internal focus can kind of be grassroots right now. And we'll get to that, I think, next. Okay, cool. Mm -hmm. And then you kind of already shared this, but what do you, where do you see yourself in five years? Yeah. Playing on a beach (laughs) with my cute little boys including my husband and my cute little boy. <laughs> and um, yeah, I think that that's just watching the sunset and knowing that life is okay and not having a, a checklist or to-do on the back of my head. Yeah. I think I would really appreciate that. That's awesome. <laughs> well, yeah. thank you so much for joining us. Can you uh, let everyone know where they can reach out to you and find yeah. out some more information about you? Yeah, so I'm on Instagram at, at Zosha Madden. Uh, and then really a lot of our story is shared on my husband's Instagram, which is at Tyler Madden. But uh, yeah, I think that's really where our, we have a website, we're redoing it right now. So, but yeah, I think follow us on Instagram for the most up-to-date. Spells Zosha for folks that aren't oh, yeah. with that spell. Z-O-S-I-A Madden, M-A-D-D-E-N. Yeah, well, awesome. Thank you so much yeah, for joining you. us live here in Denver. Mm-hmm. Oh, we really appreciate it. I'm Ashley at Wealthform Rentals, and he's Tony J. Robinson <laughs> at Tony J. Robinson. <laughs> 
Thank you guys so much for joining us. And we'll be back on Saturday with a rookie reply. The market is changing and finding your way can be tricky. Rates shift, headlines whirl, but your goal hasn't changed. You want financial freedom. And the best investors know it's not about timing the market. It's about time in the market. If you're ready to get into the real estate investing game or take your game to the next level, finding an investor-friendly agent is your next step. With BiggerPockets Agent Finder, you can find the right agent in minutes. Just head to biggerpockets.com deals. Enter a few details about what and where you want to buy and boom, instantly match with an investor-friendly agent who fits the bill. These local market experts can help you navigate the neighborhoods, analyze the numbers, and take action with confidence once and for all. There's free resources only available at biggerpockets.com deals. Get an agent, get the deal, and get closer to financial freedom at biggerpockets.com deals. That's biggerpockets.com slash deals to find your investor-friendly agent today. The content of this podcast is for informational purposes only. Past performance is not indicative of future results, and all host and participant opinions are their own. Investment in any asset, real estate included, involves risk. Use your best judgment and consult with qualified advisors before investing. Only risk capital you can afford to lose. BiggerPockets LLC disclaims all liability for direct, indirect, consequential, or other damages arising from reliance upon information presented in this podcast.